On today's Mailbag Show, we'll talk about the idea of Matthew Kachuk coming to Dallas. We'll talk about Jason Robertson and what a potential extension could look like for him and if he's worth the money he could potentially get paid. And we'll close out the episode talking about how Pete DeBoer could help this team improve offensively and enhance their chances at being legit playoff contenders on today's episode of Locked on Stars. Your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey, credentialed member of the Dallas Stars media, coming to you on this Friday, July 22nd. And whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener of the show, thank you for stopping by and for making Locked On Stars your first listen of the day. Be sure to subscribe to our show on YouTube as well as on your favorite podcasting platform. We are free and available no matter where or how you listen. Uh, and you can also find and follow me on Twitter at Dane Double Underscore Lewis as well as our show. Just a nice and simple at Locked on Stars. But let's jump into today's episode, primarily a mailbag episode, but wanted to start off by addressing um, some big NHL trade news rumors that have been circulating over the past few days. As I'm sure many of you are, are aware, uh, it seems that Matthew Kachuk will no longer be a Calgary Flame. Earlier this week, Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic posted an article stating that Flames forward Matthew Kachuk would not be re-signing long-term with the team. And this just adds on to what has already been a brutal offseason for the Calgary Flames, uh, starting back in you know the playoffs, losing in the second round to their most hated rival in the Edmonton Oilers. Johnny Gaudreau leaves the team to go play in Columbus, and now they are losing who the guy who probably would have been you know, the, the best player and the go-to guy on that Flames team in Matthew Kachuk. And according to that article, uh, it should be free on the Athletics website. I will likely have it linked down below on YouTube if you want to go check the article out for yourself. According to Rutherford in the article, Kachuk gave the Flames a list of teams that he would be willing to go to. And on that list included teams the St. Louis Blues, the Vegas Golden Knights, the Florida Panthers, the Nashville Predators, and, of course, the Dallas Stars. And I've also seen the New Jersey Devils and the New York Rangers mentioned as well. And throwing up on the screen right now a list of odds from betonline.net the official sports book of the Lockdown Podcast Network, talking about some potential landing spots for Kachuk and the odds currently. Uh, the Devils favored to land Kachuk at plus 400. Then the Blues, Preds, Sabres, Senators, Stars, Islanders, Red Wings, and Knights. So some of those teams on the odds list not listed in the article and to my knowledge, not officially listed as teams that Kachuk would be willing to go to. But still, you got to keep that kind of stuff in mind because this is the NHL. Um, and there's always crazy things happening in terms of trades and where players end up going. Like, I don't think really anyone could have predicted Gaudreau going to Columbus. But here we are. So Matthew Kachuk moving on. But Dallas, you know, seems to be a team, according to the odds list from Bet Online and the article from The Athletic, 
it seems that there's potential that Matthew Kachuk could be a Dallas star at the start of this season, which is a fun hypothetical to think about as Kachuk was one of the best forwards in the league this past year, 104 points, which was, you know, any team would be glad to have that as their top player, but that was second best on their team. He's truly emerged as one of the premier forwards in the NHL at only age 24. Um, but really the the downside to this, or you know, you get excited about the idea of a guy that talented playing for the Stars next season, then you have to think about what the Stars would potentially have to give up. And for me, that's where things get a little bit tricky um, because you would have to imagine the Stars would, whether it's a ton of draft picks, prospects, or key players on the roster right now, that the Dallas Stars would not look the same uh, if they were to go after a guy like Matthew Kachuk, as high profile as he is. Rope Hints has been a guy that I've seen circulate in a lot of rumors, and I know some people on Twitter were hit, you know, tweeting at the Locked on Stars account as well as myself, saying that that was the case. Uh, I, I haven't officially seen Jason Robertson listed as a trade piece, but you would have to imagine that that would be a guy that a team like Calgary would potentially be interested in uh, because they're going to be looking for that franchise player to replace Gaudreau and Kachuk. But Rope Hintz, especially I've seen uh, circulate as rumors and kind of be maybe a go-to guy that the Stars would have to give up um, because he's a really talented offensive forward who just had his best year with the Dallas Stars. But man, if you ask me, I just don't know if it's worth it. I mean, just the idea of having to give up a guy like Robo or Rope um, or even a top prospect like Johnston or Stankoven. I just don't know if that's something that the Stars should look into doing uh, just because it seems like this young core is developing quite nicely. There's already some established chemistry there. I, if I had to pick a side, I would probably lean towards the side of giving up a prospect. But even then, I mean, you would just hate to uh, you know, see this prospect go on and thrive with this other organization. And not to say that Kachuk wouldn't work out, because I do think that he could have some really nice top six potential for the Stars. And, you know, we got Mason Marchment from the Florida Panthers, but Kachuk would be a huge upgrade over him and certainly would go somewhere uh, in the top six, if not maybe even on a top line, uh, if Pete DeBoer really wanted to get crazy and shake up his lineup. Uh, so I think maybe, you know, you give up a first round pick, um, in a future draft, and then maybe a Johnston or Stankoven, if that's something that the Flames would be interested in. But I imagine they might be more interested in getting a guy who is currently NHL ready and who has current you know, NHL experience. But it's all a very messy situation right now, even though Dallas is listed on the odds list from Bet Online and seemingly from the list from Kachuk himself. He's gonna. The Stars would have to beat out a plethora of other teams that would also be appealing for Kachuk to go to. He did play, I believe, in St. Louis for um, one of their junior clubs associated with the organization. Um, you know, of course, teams like Vegas and Florida have some intrigue as well with some talent and some recent success as far as making the postseason. The Nashville Predators are, you know, seemingly going to be loading up for a interesting season with Philip Forsberg coming back. Uh, Nito Ryer um, signing just on Thursday with the team from Carolina. So that would be intriguing as well, although Nashville would probably have to give up a hefty amount as well, as would any of these teams. But it's really going to be interesting to see where a guy like Kachuk lands. Really, the only red flag I see with him is potential injury, just because he is such a physical player. We saw it in the postseason just a few months ago when they were playing against the Stars. He's a guy that can score and skate well, but he can also really use his body to his advantage and throw some heavy checks and also just find himself in some pretty physical altercations. But even just looking at you know his history there, I think 
there's not too much to be concerned about. He played all 82 games this past season, and he played in every single game in the previous season, even though it was only 56 games. Health could be a potential issue, but I can't imagine it being too detrimental to the team that he does end up signing with. But all in all, I don't think that he will come to Dallas. I think that he will likely go somewhere else, whether it is New Jersey or St. Louis. I think those are the two more likely options. Maybe Florida, just because there is a lot of upside with that roster. But at the same time, uh, there's still plenty of flaws with that roster as well. So we're going to have to keep an eye out and see where Matthew Kachuk goes. Certainly a move that could help change the course of a team's potential. I mean, even if he does come to Dallas, he moves this team, I think, from a moderately intriguing team at the start of the season to a West Conference dark horse. I mean, this Stars team does have a good amount of young and old talent mixed with a new head coach, but you add in a young guy like Kachuk who still has some of his best days ahead of him after having a 100-point season. It would certainly make the Stars a really entertaining team to watch throughout the season, but they would probably lose a key piece to the franchise or a key prospect who could be a future contributor to this franchise. So let me know in the comments down below where you think Matthew Kachuk would go and if you would like to see him in a Stars sweater. Well, coming up next, we will address the next topic on today's mailbag episode. We'll talk about Jason Robertson and if he's worth the potential money that he could get by signing a new contract with the Stars this summer. Today's episode of Locked on Stars is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline.net continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action happening around the sports world. BetOnline.net, where the game starts. Moving on on this Friday episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. Continuing on with our mailbag discussion. You can always submit questions on Twitter, and now you can do it through the community tab on YouTube. Uh, I'll be posting whenever I want mailbag questions on there as well. So you can leave a comment on the YouTube community post as well as on Twitter if you want your question to potentially be featured on a mailbag episode of Locked on Stars. And this next question does come from the community tab on YouTube. The question says, do you think Robertson will live up to the huge contract he is about to get? I love his hands, but his foot speed worries me. Wouldn't a bridge deal be more appropriate or one more season of production for a quote-unquote show-me season? Thank you for submitting the question, and I think it's certainly an interesting one that is definitely worth talking about um, because we, at the time of recording this on Thursday afternoon, the verdict is still out on what Jason Robertson and Jake Gottinger's new deals will look like with the Dallas Stars. And now we're being asked the question, 
is Jason Robertson essentially worth the large amount of money that he is likely about to get from the team? Uh, and the short answer to that, in my eyes, just my opinion, is a simple yes. That I don't really think that Jason Robertson needs another quote-unquote show-me season because I think that he just had it. You know, he nearly won the Calder Trophy in what was probably one of the more grueling NHL regular seasons a few years ago with that condensed schedule playing against some really tough opponents uh, consistently on back-to-backs and things of that nature. And then he followed that up by this past season by scoring 41 goals under Rick Bonus, which we'll talk about the differences between a Rick Bonus system and a Pete DeBoer system a little bit later on in the show. But I, I do think that Jason Robertson, even though he's only two years into his career and still has a lot left to do with his time in the NHL, I think he has already proven that he is worth a large amount of money, barring, you know, heaven forbid, any massive injury or any other outlying factors that could affect his career, which, of course, I don't anticipate, but you never anticipate those kind of things. If he stays healthy, I think that he will be worth whatever the Stars could be looking to give him. Now, is he a perfect player? No, by no means. I mean, he's still a young guy who is developing and growing in the league, still learning in this league, but I think we've already seen him take huge steps forward because he's been playing with guys like Joe Pavelski uh, and, of course, had some really good guidance from veterans like Ben and Sagan as well. And then, of course, sharing a line with Rope Hints is bound to make just about any NHL forward a better player. So I do agree that, you know, there, there still needs to be some work with his foot speed and maybe some improvement as far as the diversity of his shots and the way that he does score his goals because he's a good goal scorer, but he can be a little bit one dimensional in that aspect of, you know, kind of these finesse shots and uh, these really slick moves, which are nice and really good, but sometimes those don't always work. And I know he's even joked some this offseason about working on a, a one-timer. Um, it would be really cool to see Jason Robertson add that to his game. By no means is he already a perfect player who has maxed out his potential, but I do think at the same time that he has shown during his brief time with the team that he's a guy who is going to continually improve and get better as he ages and matures, and so by that standard, I think that he is worth the amount of money that he could get. Now, I mean, in theory, the Stars could kind of do that bridge deal in case there is concern, but I don't imagine that happening. I think that Jim Nill and the front office will want to hold on to him as long as possible. So maybe even like a seven or eight year deal could be on the docket for Jason Robertson, uh, because I think that they envision him as a centerpiece for this team going forward, a guy that they would like to build around with the other young, talented forwards within the organization, and then eventually maybe bring in some other veteran guys once the contracts of Ben and Sagan eventually are up. But I do think Jason Robertson, at least right now, is a key piece and a non-movable piece, a non-negotiable piece for the Stars organization going forward, just because he was an incredible find uh, back in the 2017 draft and has just been an incredible player up to this point, uh, scoring 40 goals in only his second full season in the league. Uh, and going up against some of the best talent that the NHL has to offer in the Central Division with some of the premier defensemen, namely Kill McCarr on the Colorado Avalanche, but still some other really tough teams to go against night in and night out. And yet he plays and scores with pretty effective consistency. And so I think he's going to continue to improve. Uh, and really the answer to the question, is he worth whatever amount of money he will get paid? I think that is a resounding yes, although I do understand the concern because he is still a young guy and sometimes, you know, 
know, these young players are maybe a flash in the pan or, you know, they never really improve once they uh, hit a really high mark early on in their careers. That's not to say I don't understand the concern there or at least the reasoning why the Stars might do a bridge deal, but I just don't see it happening. I think they will sign him to a long-term deal, and, and I think it will be the right decision. I think Jason Robertson has shown that he is willing to put in the work to get better and improve, and I do think that he likes playing here in Dallas, so I imagine he would be pretty happy to sign a long-term deal with this team. Well, coming up next, we will talk about the last question on today's mailback episode. We'll talk about Pete DeBoer and if he and his coaching style could really help the Stars improve in this coming season. All right, we're closing out this week of Locked on Stars. This final question on today's mailbag episode, talking about Pete DeBoer and whether or not his coaching style and or system would be beneficial for this team and help them take a step up from where they finished in this past campaign. Uh, a question, again, from the YouTube community tab. How do you think Pete DeBoer could improve on the team and try and get us where we need to be and maybe win a cup. Thank you again for the question. Truly do appreciate the uh, questions and comments from you guys on social media and Twitter. But to answer this question about Pete DeBoer, I mean, there, it's a pretty in-depth answer. And unfortunately, just, you know, due to the lack of visuals at times with this being a podcast, though we are on YouTube, you can't dive fully into, you know, the differences in coaching styles and systems, but you can look at statistics and numbers and just talk about teams that have been previously coached by DeBoer as a whole. And at first glance, Pete DeBoer is a pretty drastic improvement over Rick Bonus. Uh, DeBoer's career points percentage is 0.566 with a 513, 379, and 123 record, as opposed to Rick Bonus with a 391 points percentage with a 212, 351, and 28 record. Although with those numbers, Pete DeBoer does have more time as a head coach, and Rick Bonus was the coach of some truly awful. Uh, teams early on in his head coaching career, like the Ottawa Senators and the New York Islanders, whereas DeBoer has inherited some really good teams like those New Jersey Devils that he took to the finals in year one and the San Jose Sharks that he took to the finals in his first year there, as well as some other deep playoff runs with that team as well. So that's not you know, the, the end-all, be-all stat right there. But DeBoer does have a better track record as a head coach more recently, especially in terms of getting wins in the regular season. But when you look at the Stars this past season with their offense, or really lack thereof, you can really only go up after this past season. The Stars were 30th in goals per game last season, only above two other teams in the NHL. And Pete DeBoer teams historically generate more goals, but they also just generate more offensive opportunities. You look at the Vegas Golden Knights while Pete DeBoer was the head coach there uh, and looking at the expected goals for a statistic that is measured on uh natural stat trick. Um, and if you look expected goals for for the Vegas Golden Knights in 2019, 2020, first. 2020, 2021, first. 2021, 2022, fourth. So this is a Vegas Golden Knights team uh, that under the coach of coaching rather of Pete DeBoer were very good at generating offensive opportunities. And those opportunities meant that they had good successful regular seasons because of effective goal scoring as a result made the postseason all but this past year and their injury ridden year. Uh, and then, you know, even in 2019, 2020 made it all the way to the final round of the Western Conference playoffs where they did eventually lose to the Stars. But DeBoer teams are historically really effective 
on offense, and they do help get the defensemen involved on offense. You even look at a guy like Shea Theodore during his time in Vegas with Pete DeBoer uh, and Brent Burns. We've talked about previously on this show had an effective time while being coached by DeBoer in San Jose. And so I think that Miro Haskinen um, and even you know a guy like Colin Miller, Esther Lindell, Yanni Hockenpah, Ryan Suter, I mean, all of these guys in some way or another, some probably more than others, can find ways to be effective and, and will be encouraged and really coached up to be more involved Involved on the offensive side of the ice and an offensive system that really focuses heavily on forecheck there are some coaching similarities there between bonus and DeBoer and that you know DeBoer does want to open up the offense on this team but did say in his introductory press conference that he does not want to abandon the defensive identity he just wants to find a way for the two worlds to collide where solid and effective defense is you know, able to help create solid and effective offense on the other end of the ice by navigating the neutral zone well and being able to clear their own zone, clear the neutral zone, and get into that offensive zone and generate those high-quality scoring opportunities where those Vegas Golden Knights team found themselves in the top five and expected goals for in the previous three NHL seasons. And DeBoer teams are also historically really good at managing the game situations that they find themselves in and the Dallas Stars were not necessarily good at that this past season or really any time since Rick Bonus took over as head coach when the Vegas Golden Knights you know found themselves down they would adjust their game plan to help generate shots and even if they weren't always successful at you know generating these comebacks and coming back and winning these games you could at least say that they put up a fight and they put up you know, they gave themselves a chance to come back and win those games and be successful. And then when they were up, they really found a way to slow down the amount of shots that were being put on net, which if you watch the Stars this past season, you know that that was a massive struggle for the Stars. The Stars, anytime they would take a one-goal lead, you would think that they were satisfied with that. And in their minds, that seemed to be the end-all, be-all for the game. And there was not really a whole lot of effort in, you know, fully protecting the lead. Uh, teams would get the huge advantage in you know shots on goal after the stars would take leads and it just really was due to a lack of adjustment from the coaching staff whereas if you look at Pete DeBoer teams they do a good job of if they have these leads that they adjust their game plan to play a lot more of a suffocating style of defense that allows you know the other team to you know they st they're still going to get shots on goal on occasion but they're not going to get as many as they normally might would and so I think that that's really just a huge difference and again none of this a, a knock on Rick Bonus as the person but these are just coaches that while they do share some similarities have different styles so ultimately I think Pete DeBoer will be a game changer for the Stars team by helping the defensemen get more involved on the offense but also making those in-game adjustments that are so crucial to being a successful NHL team on a night-to-night -night basis because that can be the difference between a good and great team. Great teams are able to make those adjustments whether they're adjustments for when you're winning or for when you're losing. And then the good teams, mediocre teams, never really adjust on the fly in mid-game. So really the only concern I have with Pete DeBoer as of right now is the power play, which we've talked about before, and could be a topic for another episode down the road. That's my only concern right now, but maybe, hopefully, we'll see some sort of turnaround there for him this season. Not sure how much confidence I have in that, but we'll, we'll just have to see how that plays you know, plays out because you can't really do much worse than the stars did in the back half of the regular season and postseason as far as power play efficiency. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. Remember, if you want to be featured on a mailbag episode, or at least have your question featured on a mailbag episode, you can always be on the lookout on Twitter and the YouTube community tab here on our YouTube channel uh, for mailbag 
questions that get posted. You can also find and follow me on Twitter at Dane Double underscore Lewis, as well as our show at Locked on Stars. Be sure to subscribe to our show here on YouTube. Subscribe and follow on your favorite podcasting platform. Uh, and have a good weekend. I really do hope that you enjoy yourself. Stay cool. Try to avoid the heat as much as you can. And we will be back here on Monday.